Hello, it's Jeremy Howard here again. I am putting out a React video to the Don't Miss This YouTube channel this week in lieu of a uh, typical Come Follow Me Bible Challenge video because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not looking at a passage from the Bible this week. So uh, I thought I would put this out instead. The uh, Don't Miss This channel is a husband and wife couple, I think. Uh, seem like really sweet people, really committed to their church. Uh, they have a major influence online. To give you an idea, this video that we're about to view has 181,000 views on YouTube, probably another 10,000 or more on Facebook right now. And that's just been in a couple of weeks since they posted this. And they're going to be talking about Genesis 3 and 4 and Moses 4 and 5 from the Pearl of Great Price. Um, but to give you an idea, though, President Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, two of his three general conference talks on YouTube from last October, so we're talking four months ago, they don't have as many views as this this video. So, so there's just a lot of influence there. And there are a lot of wrong conclusions drawn from the Bible, so I, I want to respond to those. I want to give some, some thoughts as to how we can better understand the message of the Bible. And uh, yeah, not, not looking to, you know, put these people on blast uh, in any kind of, I don't know, dehumanizing way. Just, hey, uh, came across your videos on YouTube. You say a lot of stuff about the Bible and, and you're wrong on a couple of really important points. So that's what this is about. So I'll go ahead and switch over uh, here. You can see that we are about 46 minutes into this video. So if you want to see... Uh, the stuff that came before this, you can find this video and, and watch it, check it out. But uh, we're going to just jump in where they're talking about how we are to understand the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, what what happened there, and they're going to be mixing in some Pearl of Great Price verses from Moses 4 and 5 with Bible verses from Genesis 3 and 4. So that's going to be going on. But uh, we'll just watch for a little bit, and then I'll pause and and give some commentary, and we'll just keep doing that for a little bit. Okay? Here we go. Remember, Satan was like, hide yourself. And God was like, no, let me open your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Let me open the situation. Let's crack it open for everyone to see. And you love in Moses 5 what happens because of how God handles mistakes. And I love to think, too, that if if as a parent I handle mistakes with that my children make well, hopefully this will be the same outcome of that mistake rather than saying, we have to hide this. We can never talk about it. We, whatever, but to go through this process of growth and becoming. So you'll notice that she and he, they consistently refer to sin as mistakes through, uh, through this, um, which is not appropriate. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that our sin is a mistake. Uh, the Bible talks in much stronger terms when talking about our sin. Uh, for instance, just a, a couple of, of things here, uh, a couple of verses. Leviticus 19.12, talking about lying. God says, you shall not swear falsely by my name. So lying, you could say, from their perspective up to this point, yeah, that's a mistake. You shouldn't do that. But look at what he says. You should not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. So there's more than uh, a mistake happening. There's a profaning of, of God's name. 
in Exodus chapter 20, when the uh, Ten Commandments were given, it's a, an amazing scene. You've got God descending on the mountain, and there's smoke, and, and it's just this, this really dramatic scene. Moses was told, hey, don't let anybody come near, because they'll die. Uh, sin, this fallen condition uh, that has come about by sin in, in human beings, has put us in such a place where we can't even enter into the presence of God in our natural state, or we will surely die. So this is bigger than just a mistake. It's an offense against a holy God. It's active, willful rebellion against a holy God. Our sin is evil. It's wickedness. It's not just mistakes. Uh, we, We shouldn't think that, okay, just because everybody sins, just because everybody does it, well, that means that it's not that big of a deal. No, uh, even though everyone engages in sin, that doesn't reduce it down to just a mistake. It is still a, a major, infinite, eternal offense against an infinite, eternal, and holy God. So just one thing to keep in mind, uh, the, the terminology of our sins are mistakes, that, that doesn't come from Scripture. Okay. And the lens that we look at our own mistakes yes. through. Yes. Right? Like God's giving us a correct way to look at m- the mistakes of mortality. Right so, here. You, so this is in the journal right here. Lessons from transgression is what we labeled this. Um, there's that little line you'll see in the journal mm-hmm. where it's got the thorns yeah, and thistles. Gonna... And, he, and he actually says, there will be thorns and thistles for thy sake. There will be like all of these things that you yeah. consider it's negative. But Moses 4, you, 23. And you right? love when he just is like, cursed shall be the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And and the mistakes are part of what we do. I think about um, Megan playing that basketball game that one time, and I was sitting right behind where the team was sitting, and this girl threw in a pass, and it went through the hands of this other girl, and you could just see defeat on her face. She couldn't even, like, get back into the game. And it's, the next time they had the ball, the coach called a timeout, and they came over, and I loved when he said to them, I don't care about the mistake. I know you are going to make mistakes. It's not the mistake I care about. It's what you do after the mistake that I care about. It's how you recover. And as soon as he said that, in my mind, I was like, oh, I can just hear the father saying, I know you're going to make mistakes, right? I actually plan for it. Yeah. I know that's going to happen. I'm not concerned about whether you will or will not make mistakes. What I care about is what you do after the mistake and how you recover. And that's kind of... All right. Uh, I, I forgot to mention at the beginning that I am playing this at 1.25 speed. 1.25. So they, they're not just super fast talkers. I, I sped it up. So uh, they just said that God is not saying uh, that he cares about the mistake. He's saying he cares about how people recover from their mistakes. Well, let me um, let me pull up this. There we go. So... In the Genesis account, Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve sinned, God called to the man and said, where are you? This is verse 9. And in verse 10, Adam replies, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And look at what God says in verse 11. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat. So we are talking about commands and obedience when we talk about the fall. 
there was a command given, not a suggestion, not a wise tip, not a uh, smart, you know, pro tip, hot tip for life, you know, anything like that. But this was a command from the capital A authority over all things in the universe. God saying, I command you not to eat from that tree. And when they did, they broke a command of God. And God's response isn't, well, I don't care so much about you breaking those commands. What I really care about is how you recover. You just, you don't see that in the text. In fact, what you see through the entire Bible, the the story that the Bible gives us of God's world, is that this breaking of the command directly leads to a bunch of terrible stuff. (laughs) Uh, suffering, death, everything else, which, which they acknowledge. They're not, you know, uh, ignoring that fact. But it wasn't good that that they did this, and it didn't provide for them an opportunity then to uh, grow and recover and be better human beings. It actually cast all of humanity down. I have pulled up on the screen here uh, Romans 5. Just as through one man sin entered the world, not mistakes, again, but sin, and death through sin, death spread to all men because all sinned. So we're talking about death entering the world through this event, this this very sinful event. Um, This is what Jesus had to come and, and die for. Jesus didn't have to come and die for mistakes. We didn't need to be born again because we were... Uh, plagued with mistakes. But we were actually, before being reconciled to Christ, if that has in fact happened to you through faith, we are in our natural state just under the authority of death, in a sense. We can't escape it. Death reigns over us, is what Scripture says. And so uh, to say that God doesn't care so much about the sin is to say that God doesn't care so much about the fact that death reigns in the world and to say that Jesus must have died for something else. <laughs> because if, if you want to know, does God really care about the offenses? All you have to do is look at the cross. At the cross, we see, yes, God very much cares about the offenses. Now, does he also care about human beings and their growth? Well, well certainly. But until that sin is taken care of, no human being can, can grow. No human being can uh, mature. No human being can become more spiritual. What has to happen first is the sin needs to be taken care of, and the relationship with God has to be restored. And every human being in, in his or her natural state has standing between him and God this list of sins, this, this list of sins. And so Colossians chapter 2 says, you've got this certificate of debt uh, with God. That's what the Bible teaches. You, you have a debt with God, and He cares about that very, very much. He cares about it very much. It's not like throwing a ball in a basketball game in an errant way, and it goes out of bounds, and it's like, oh, we just need to learn from it and move on. No, 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 no. You can't learn from it and move on. Because 
death reigns, not just physically, but even spiritually. You're dead in your trespasses, Scripture says, in your natural state. And so going back to Colossians 2, what Scripture says is that certificate of debt is nailed to the cross. And so the most important event in all of human history that Jesus died on the cross in our place for our sins and, of course, rose again. This is God taking care of that that tragic sin nature that we all have. And he's doing what only he can do to reverse what has happened in our constitution as human beings. And so to say that God doesn't care so much about the mistake is to really downplay the whole storyline of the Bible when it's all about leading up to this time when God himself, Jesus Christ, takes care of what we've made wrong. He, he fixes the things that we've broken. He restores what, uh, what we've broken through our transgression. He fixes it. Uh, he, he very much cares about, about sin. Okay, so let me, let's go back and let's keep watching a little bit more. Kind of what we watch right here. And I love that this is what Adam's coming out of that mistake looks like. He says this, Adam in verse 10, Moses 5, verse 10, Adam blessed God and was filled and began to prophesy concerning all the families of the earth. And he said this, blessed be the name of God for because of my transgression, now here's how I'm different. My eyes were opened um, or are more observant now is, is another way he could say that. But I, I am now more observant. I've learned a little bit about good and evil and I can be more observant now. Um, and that in this life, right, that is gonna be cursed for my sake where I'm gonna have sorrow all my days, I can also have joy, he says. I, I just learned there's gonna be bad days, but there are gonna be moments of joy because of God and because of the Redeemer. And I love this one, number three, in the flesh, I shall see God. And when I read that part, I just think to myself, I love that he was like, let me show you where I saw God in this part of my story. Walking through the garden with the evening breeze and coming to me and saying, hey, where is your heart right now? And what direction are you facing? And how can I help? Let me point out danger and let me point out this path of safety. And, and he, all of those things, he's like, I saw God in this part of my story that yeah. he entered in right there. And, and, and the mistake didn't prevent him from seeing it. It was almost as if the messiness of mortality leads to experiencing the grace of God. Like it's so like, good. oh, that was actually what initiated me seeing it, whether it was a mistake or whether it just was the, the parts of mortality. Like someone's like, oh, well, I'm experiencing God in this really, really messy section of my mm. life. And I don't think I would have seen him the way I see him without that messy that situation. So okay, so now um, we have, instead of so much the mistake language, Here's a, a new phrase that's being used, new term, messy situation. So uh, now the fall of, of Adam and all of his prodigy subsequently uh, is a messy situation. And that messy situation, and this is, of course, classic uh, Latter-day Saint theology, the messy situation was necessary, and it, it's ultimately good. Because now we can understand more opposition in all things, as some of the standard works talk about in uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We can understand more about this opposition stuff, like he was just saying grace, 
we we wouldn't un- have you know been able to understand or experience certain things if Adam wouldn't have fallen. And so with Adam and Eve making that decision to do that, it was actually good for all of us. It was good for them and it was necessary. And they'll get into that more in just a little bit. But let's not get too far into the the Bible. Uh, You know, we're we're only in Genesis 3 here. Uh, Of course, they were just quoting the book of Moses. But think of Genesis 1, when God was creating all things. Do you remember that phrase that he would say after he would create? Or what? what it would say about what he created. It was good. God saw that it was good. It was very good. You have these phrases in there. Now, let's let's ask, what does that mean? If something is good and God says, it is good, the work of my own hands is good, does that mean it's lacking anything? Because what I'm hearing them teach is that God's plan lacked death. Remember, it's death through sin entering into the world. And it's almost like they're saying we needed to add death to God's plan because God's plan wasn't sufficient enough. Is that, is that really what we think? It's not what I think. It's not what the Bible teaches. I hope that's not what you think. If you're listening to this, we didn't need to add death in order for there to be a good situation that is, albeit messy, but better than what it was before. That is, that is a, a twisting of the biblical narrative. The biblical narrative says that it was good, the way God had created all things. And so to say it was better by Adam and Eve adding death to the world is to really twist God's evaluation of his own creation and his evaluation of the existence uh, of sin in the world. God is pretty consistent in saying that sin is bad. Okay, let's keep watching a little bit more. Um, I love that Eve right after him. She heard all these things and was glad. And she said, were it not for our transgression, we never would have had children. We never would have had seed. That, uh, uh, you know, they're quoting the book of Moses because the Bible doesn't teach that. So uh, I talked about this in one of my previous videos, that the Bible never teaches that they had to sin in order to obey. They had to disobey God in order to obey. His two commands were, don't eat of that tree and have babies. And never does the Bible say, well, they had to disobey one of those in order to obey the other. That is just not a a teaching from the Bible. So uh, just a heads up, that comes from uh, the book of Moses, not, not anywhere in the Bible. And we would have never known or experienced good and evil. like we. So she's saying, uh, you know, this is again from the book of Moses. Eve's testimony was, we never would have known good and evil were it not for us falling. Is it good to know evil? <laughs> You're saying that's better to, to have an experience with sin than it is to live in innocence? Because that's what Adam and Eve were before the fall. They were totally innocent. Total innocence is worse than engaging with evil? We wouldn't have known the opposite of those two things. And the joy of our redemption, or again, that joy through Jesus, we we wouldn't have known about that. There wouldn't have been a need to have redemption if they never would have fallen. In that state of innocence, they had a perfect relationship with God, uh, perfect communion with God. So... Um, to say that it's good that they sinned in order to put themselves in a position 
where they needed to be redeemed. That's a, that's a very interesting theological argument to make. That. Or the, yeah, there's the joy of being, you can't ever feel set free unless you've been constrained yes. or captured. It's like, yeah. Does that make the constraining good? You can't ever be set free unless you've been captured. So does that mean we should pursue more and more ways to be constrained and captured in our lives? Should we engage in more and more sin? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Romans 6.1, Paul says, certainly not. Yeah. We, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have known what rescue feels like. And the eternal life which God gives to the obedient. And, and we love that. God does not give eternal life to the obedient. That's our inability to obey is what gave us death in the first place. God said, here are two, two commands, obey. Go obey the, the, these two commands. And they couldn't do it. They, they couldn't. They could not obey. So their obedience is what got us into this mess. We, we would be crazy to think our obedience is going to get us out of this mess. <laughs> Instead, we look to the only obedient one who ever lived, Jesus Christ, and his obedience gets us out of this mess. His obedience delivers us from our sin. His obedience transfers us from the domain of darkness and into his kingdom, the kingdom of light. We don't obey in order to get eternal life, but we look to the one, Jesus Christ, who has life in himself, John 5. He has life in himself, and he came, and he lived that perfectly obedient life. And that's important for you to recognize because it's not just about his death and his resurrection. It's about his life. When you believe in the finished work of Christ on your behalf, you're not only trusting in his death and resurrection. You're trusting in his perfect obedience that then gets transferred to your account, and that becomes the basis for your redemption. That becomes the basis for your life. That becomes the basis for your uh, spot in God's presence, knowing him, enjoying him forever. So uh, we, we look not to our own obedience. Our own obedience has already earned us death. That's Romans 6 also, Romans 6.23, for the wages, what we've earned, the wages of sin is death. Our obedience has earned us death because we couldn't obey. It's our disobedience. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He came and lived the life we couldn't live, and he died the death that we deserved, that this eternal life might be a free gift, not something earned. If we earned it through our obedience, if it was given to us on the basis of our obedience, it's no longer a free gift. And if you've earned it, you know what else that means? You can lose it. But the Bible says that the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, when, when it's applied to you, it's not applied to everybody, but when it's applied to you, when you believe, when you trust in his finished work alone, not adding to it at all, it is given to you once for all. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in that moment until the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. You didn't earn it. You can't lose it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that actual good news? But it all starts with understanding our problem, our sin problem, going all the way back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Okay, well, I think this has been long enough. Hopefully that gives you something to think about, and uh, hopefully... 
you feel free to engage in this conversation. Uh, totally open to talking to people who have questions, who want to learn, who want to have um, fair and, and charitable dialogue, not looking to debate people, uh, but want to have open dialogue uh, that's productive. Okay? God bless. <laughs>